thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. today which might have intrigued some people when you've seen it on social media and the series is called One Hit Wonders. So if you don't know what a one hit wonder is, put your hand up now. If you know what, anyone not know what a one hit wonder is? Some people are just shy. Oh well done Katie for admitting that. Okay if I was to say to you the name of certain singers or bands you would associate probably just one song that is associated. So let's try it. Chesney Hawks. There you go, okay? That's, that's his one and only song, pretty much. He's not really ever recorded or made a hit with us. What about Lou Baker? Mambo number five. Is t- Sorry if you're not into your music this morning. This is a little bit of a test for those that are. Mambo number five, a little bit of Jennifer in my life. That one. One for the older people. Norman Greenbaum. Gotta go up to the spirit in the sky. Carl Douglas, and I don't think everybody was, but hey, there we go. Everybody was comfy fighting. When I looked up on the internet, one hit wonders, there were some really controversial ones, okay? One of them was The Proclaimers. They've got loads of songs. Absolutely. When you go, will you come send back a letter from America? Sorry, Steve Lee. Aha. Yeah, they've done Take On Me, but they've done The Sun Always Shines on TV. They've done all sorts of songs. I've only mentioned one, but there we go. So our series starts today, and we're going to be looking over the next few weeks as we go towards November and winter at some one-hit wonders in the Bible. People who maybe are only remembered for one thing, or who only have a really momentary significance. But actually, we've said this morning, we've sung this morning, that he writes our story that God is involved at every part of our lives. You know, we look at a world today which is torn by war. You know, it's torn by war. There'll be opportunity, I'm sure, as we pray, as we finish, to pray for that. But also, we're in a world where, as Christians, we're to shine light. The verses we've given to Tabena this morning are about being light. So this morning, we're going to start at one character, and the first one is called Jethro. Who knows who Jethro is? Jethro Tull, we're off the music now, and it's not the guy out of the Beverly Hillbillies for the people who are really old, okay? Jethro, who's Jethro? A Cornish comedian, no, no, we're talking the Bible now, okay, sorry to bring you all down, no, go on, Moses' father-in-law, okay, who's got good, in- who loves their in-laws? Be very careful if they're here. Okay, I've got pretty amazing in-laws. Yeah, pretty amazing in-laws. And actually, 
you know, Jethro is Moses' father-in-law. And maybe if I said to you, what do you know about him? That's all you would tell me. And that is the definition of a one-hit wonder. You just know one thing. And that's the only thing you may be famous for. But as we go through this series, there'll be things that we look at and we'll go, what does God teach us through that one person? And if you this morning think you are insignificant and unimportant, there are loads of people in the Bible who have mentioned that once. That one moment that God uses them. That one moment. It's not like, not everybody in the Bible is Moses. Where it's not just his good stuff, but his bad stuff that's in there. Not everybody in the Bible is David. There are people who are mentioned just that once. And they are a one-hit wonder because that once is really important. Just like Chesney Hawks is single is really important. Not Okay, we're going to start off, there's a few times, I'm cheating a little bit with Jethro, because we are going to look at Exodus chapter 18 in the main, but there are a couple of times he's mentioned, but you might miss them, because just as it happens quite often in the Bible, they often change the name of people. So you might find when you're reading the Bible, there's place names that change, so it might tell you that the Lake Tiberius, or the Sea of Gennesaret, that actually is the Sea of Galilee, it just happens to be what it's called. You know, some people call this the bingo hall, you know, some people call it Salt House, some people call it the Pav, some people call it Springmount Church, some people call it Toddlers, yeah, they have different names, so actually Jethro has a different name in places, I'm Jonathan in some places, I know that's a surprise, I'm John at times, and I'm Johnny most of the time, and then there's other names I've been called that I won't share. Exodus chapter 2, we're going to start off with verses 15 to 22, gives us some background. Moses has killed an Egyptian slave driver. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian where he sat down by a well. Now a priest of Midian, and in most versions it actually says now the priest of Midian, so it's not just a priest, not just, not just any old priest, he's a Marks and Spencer's priest, he is the priest. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to their rescue. What a handsome hero. And water, it doesn't say that in the Bible, and watered their flock. When the girls returned to Royal, who is also known as Jethro, their father, he asked them, why have you returned so early today? They answered, an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And where is he, Royal or Jethro, asked his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zip, that, that escalated quickly, didn't it? <laughs> Zipporah gave birth to a son and Moses named him Gershon, saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. So that's the first time we see Jethro, and actually he's not even called Jethro. But he is, he, there's five characteristics of Jethro we're going to look at very quickly today, and I believe those characteristics are what make him so important. So, Bit of background, Moses sees God's hand all over his life. He's rescued from the genocide of the infants in Egypt. He's rescued by being put in a river that's fierce. And he's rescued from the river by Pharaoh's daughter. And then he's rescued from that situation because he's then made for better things. God uses him. God uses him despite his birth and despite his position. He's raised, he's educated, I sound like the Prince of Bel-Air now. Raised and educated in a palace 
And he has every possible thing to have the best start in life, having come from a horrendous background. Because God gives him every possible thing he needs to become the man he needs to be. But he kills a guard for whipping a Hebrew slave and he flees. Now bear in mind, at this point in Israel's history, we don't often think about this, this point in Israel's history, they are surrounded by multi-God-worshipping Egyptians. They've not heard, or you've not heard in the Bible, of anybody between Joseph and now. That's 400 years where you don't hear anybody coming out and speaking for God. So I'm guessing that as they've lived there, there were some times where it was very difficult for them to recognise God because of all the noise of the other gods, because of all the other things going on. They're surrounded by these multi-God worshipping people. So Moses kills this slave, Pharaoh's going to kill him, and he runs, he runs away, he flees. And where does he run to? He runs to a desert. And who does he happen to bump into? Who does he just happen to bump into? He bumps into a load of girls who are the daughters of the priest of Midian. Midian isn't even Israel. And yet it's very clear as we read through the story that Jethro is a God-worshipping priest. He's not just any God. He is the God of the heavens. Oh, we've got a butterfly in this morning. Sorry. I might have ADHD. I, think <laughs> I don't know. No, that's, that, that shouldn't make, make a joke about that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> my distraction. He runs for his life. He bumps into the priest of Midian's daughters. And actually, Jethro is his name. What are the chances? The chances are huge because God's hand is all over it. I don't believe any of us are in this room this morning by accident. You have a divine appointment with a God who is desperate to speak to you. A God who is desperate to break through to your heart. And very often we can come and go through the motions and we can sit in church. Even if you're a Christian this morning, even if you've been coming to this church for years, you can go through the motions because you feel you should. And actually God is trying to speak to you. He's trying to speak to me. And often we don't hear him. But at this moment, Moses bumps into seven women that he helps. And as a result, we see the first of several character traits. The first two of Jethro's character traits are these. He is generous and he's hospitable. He is generous and he's hospitable. His daughters aren't. They leave Moses at the well. Moses comes and helps them out. Big he-man act. And then they go, oh, thanks, mate. We're going home. But Jethro says, why have you left him there? Bring him home. Bring him in. This man is a total stranger and yet he's welcomed into the heart of family. He's not just a total stranger, he's a murderer. He's a murderer. He's killed somebody. He's on the run. And yet Jethro says, bring him home. Bring him in. Do you know, welcoming people is such an important character trait to have. It's such an important... You know, if we're not welcoming as Christians, then we're not exhibiting God's character. If we're not saying, come to me... That's what Jesus said. If we're not welcoming and generous, then we're not showing God's character. If I said to you, what was your best and worst character traits this morning, would you be able to identify them? Some people are smiling because they know straight away probably what their worst ones are. If I said to you, what's your best character trait, what would it be? You don't have to start it out, just think about it. If I said, what's your worst character traits, we're perhaps easier to identify those. Because we're not very good sometimes at bigging ourselves up. If we were to say, what's your worst thing about you? We might have a long list. But actually God says, 
come to me. I welcome you. And Jethro's character was to welcome and to be generous, to be hospitable. You know, depending on where you look, you'll find different answers as to what is the best character trait. I googled what are the most important character traits, okay? Every answer had different one. So if you look on Indeed, the job hunting site, the top character trait they say is ambition. I don't think that's particularly the best character trait, but that's what they say is number one, ambition. The next one down was loyalty. The next one down said courage. The next one down said integrity. And the next one said something else. You know, a man was asked when he went for a job and he was interviewed and he said, what do you think is your most important character trait? And he said, I'm responsible. And the interviewer said, well, have you got proof for that? He said, well, at my last job, they always said when anything went wrong, I was responsible. <laughs> what is the most important thing? No wonder we're so confused because everyone gives a different answer. You might think it's more important for someone to be, to be loyal, to be, to be open. I might think it's more important for someone to be generous and welcoming. Jethro was generous and welcoming, so much so that he invited this total stranger into his house and he gave them his daughter in marriage. He said, yeah, get married. I, after, I would hard enough asking my father-in-law to if I could marry Ros. And he knew me vaguely. He was a United fan and I was a Liverpool fan. I think that was his biggest uh, problem. But, you know, I went on a course last week that talked about resilience, being somebody who it's easy to bounce back from. And there were five things. He said resilience can be trained. It's not something you're born with. It can be learned. It can be trained. And there are five things that lead to resilience, five traits. The first one is positivity. If you're somebody who has an optimistic outlook, you're more likely to be resilient. So you can train yourself to look for the positive. Motivation is the second one. What's the reason for what you do? The reason for your actions? The reason for how we behave? If we can analyse those things, you're more likely to be resilient. Focus, the ability to channel that motivation, to see where you think it should be and go there. Confidence, especially in yourself, helps us to be resilient. And finally, perceived social support, having and using the people and networks around us to help us with our focus. Those five things will make us resilient. That's, a, that's not me talking. It's a massive psychological study with athletes in sport. So what is your most important character trait? What does the Bible say is good a character trait? What does the Bible say? It says, love and faithfulness should never leave you. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. It says, faith, hope and love, but the greatest is love. It says, love never fails. What do you think the Bible's greatest character trait is? Love. Not mushy love, but care for one another. You know, clearly Jethro, when he gets the briefest of mentions, demonstrates love, acceptance and faithfulness. That's why he's a one-it wonder, because he demonstrates it. The moment he's mentioned, it's clear that he's loving and faithful. Moses has nothing to offer this morning. Do you have anything to offer? You might think, no, I've got nothing to offer. Moses has nothing. He's a murderer on the run. He's got nothing. He's got no money. He's got no, no income. He's got no background. And yet Jethro gives him welcome into his family. Are we welcoming? Are we open to everyone that God sends into this place? Or do we close a lot of doors? Do we fold our arms and say, no, don't you come close to me, thank you very much. Moses has nothing to offer and Jethro gives his all. Does that not sound like Jesus? 
This morning, none of us have anything to offer to the God who made the universe. And yet he welcomes us. He accepts us. It doesn't matter whether we're past his murder. It doesn't matter what our past is. It doesn't matter what we're running away from. It doesn't matter what we're running around. What matters is that we run into his arms. Jesus welcomes, he accepts, he gives freely. What are we running away from? You know, Jethro has been leading Moses and preparing. Exodus 4 verse 18 is his next mention very quickly. Moses went back to Jethro, his father, and said to him, let me return to my own people in Egypt and see if any of them are still alive. What's Jethro's response? No, you've been looking after my sheep. You can stay here and look after my sheep. Thank you very much. And what about my daughter that you've married? You can't leave her in the lurch. You can't go off to Egypt and leave her. No, 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 no. Jethro's response is, go, and I wish you well. In some versions, go and go in peace. Jethro, not only is he welcoming and generous, he is definitely somebody who is willing to support and encourage. Generous and welcoming, supporting and encouraging. Are they character traits that we see in ourselves? Because Jethro's character traits are all those things. So, we're going to very quickly look at the bit that he's a one-hit wonder for. Exodus chapter 18. Verses 9 to 11 first tells us what sort of priest he was, that he was a God-fearing priest. It says, Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel in rescuing them from the hand of the Egyptians. He said, praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and to Pharaoh who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods, for he did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly. Jethro knows God, and he knows that God is bigger. He knows that God is enough. Do we? Do we? He most definitely was the priest. Exodus 18, verses 13 to 23, is why he is particularly mentioned. It says this. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you and you cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands you, will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He was wise. He was wise. Jethro was wise counsel. Let me ask you this morning, who's your Jethro? Who's your Jethro? You know, it's very difficult in some ways, not just in practical terms. I'm not a practical person. If you came and asked me to do something and build something or perform an oil change on your car, I'd take it to Halfords or to a garage because I couldn't do it. You know, if you wanted to learn the piano, I could just about do that. 
nothing. But there's not everything I can do. And as a church, you know, you need to recognise that there's not everything that I can do. Jethro gives sound advice. What does he do? First, he observes what's happening. Doesn't jump in there. He watches. Second, he questions what is happening and why. Thirdly, he listens as Moses explains. Fourthly, he gives feedback and advice. And fifthly, he steps out of the way. And if Moses takes his advice or not, that's up to Moses. Jethro's wise. You know, he doesn't command, he doesn't criticise, but he encourages. He doesn't pick fault and not suggest anything. He encourages, he, he clearly has encouraged Moses through his words, through his trust, through his actions. He's respected by Moses. So Moses is more likely to engage with him and Moses is willing to listen. So who, as we finish, is your Jethro? Who is that person? You know, in, in my role as church, it's very difficult to find that. I've got three Jethro's none of them here because I need people who I can unload to I need people who I can talk to and actually there are people who are very wise in my life some of them come and speak here some of them bless me and us as church who is your Jethro Moses Jethro was also outside of his tribe was also outside of his place maybe another better question is who are we being Jethro for if you're a Christian this morning, who are you being Jethro for? You know, Katie has done a notice about helping in Sunday school. We don't like announcing that because obviously when we work with children, we've got to be careful. So it's not a case of if you like children because we could have all sorts of applicants for that role. It's a case of actually if you're capable, if you're able to because it's right. But can I say to you as parents, there's a really good book by Carl Beach, who's an evangelist. And Carl Beach, as a parent, says this. He's been involved at every stage of his children in church. So when his kids were in creche, he was in creche. When his kids were in Sunday school, he did Sunday school. When his kids were in youth, he did youth. When his kids were in those situations. And do you know the reason why? He said, because actually, I want my kids to see how much I value that. I want my children to see how much I value what they're learning on a Sunday morning. So can I just encourage you, if you're a parent of children and you're in a position where you could help, it's not every week. The thing is, I think some people don't want to give up sitting in here and listening or worshipping because they think they'll miss out. You can watch it back. But as a church, we need parents who are encouraging their children. We've just prayed for, for Tabena. If you're a parent this morning, can I encourage you? It's a great blessing to be involved in your kids' work in church. It's not about just handing them over to somebody else to do it. You need to be a part of it. So please, as we finish, and I say this, Jethro seeks to remove the burden from Moses by providing practical help and suggestion. He points him in a wise direction and leaves him to accept it or not. We have teams all over church. This morning, I didn't know who was coming to do tech. Mel's up there doing words for the second time. When we said we need people for tech, we had people. Just stand up if you're involved in the tech team. That's the words and projection and that. If you're here, she's up there. There we go, thank you. I'm not embarrassing you. And then we've got Alex up there. I didn't know Alex was doing sound. And Paul, you can stay stood up, please. I didn't tell you to sit down. Come on. Sorry. It's all right, you'll be joined in a moment. It's fine. Alex up there. I didn't know he was doing sound. Alex, stand up if you're involved in the sound. Okay? There's a few people who are away today who are involved in the sound. You don't often see that these people are doing it. Stand up if you're part of the welcome team. Stand up if you're part of the prayer team. Stand up if you help with youth. 
Stand up if you're a house group leader or help with a house group to lead a house group or a prayer meeting. Stand up if you, if you come and, and collect the Greggs three or four times a week. Yeah, the, you know the Greggs that everybody loves getting? Yeah, there's two people who run around like Muppets and then end up being moaned at because we've not got trays. People pick fault, they go, we've got all these trays. Like, yeah, because we have becoming trays, amazingly. Stand up if you're involved in the worship. Everybody's really reluctant. And it's not about bigging you up, it's just showing there is strength. Because actually it's not, stand up if you're involved in any other thing. Toddlers, smile. Coffee and tea, coffee and tea. Oh, people would freak if we didn't have coffee and tea. Oh, you know, they wouldn't say, how can I help serve coffee and tea? They'd be like, where's my coffee and tea? Can you see all these people, there's a real strength. I don't want to leave anyone else. If you're involved in serving in any way, <laughs> if you take the collection of the communion, stand up. Um, can you see? There are people we can go to as church that isn't, you know, often it sometimes says, oh, I need to speak. No, you don't need to speak to me about it. I don't need. Oh, Ian's involved in helping our physical building. Yeah. You, well, you coordinate, you coordinate the builders. Have a seat. I don't want to embarrass you. I'm sorry if I missed anyone out. But can you see? I should have said half things, all those things. People have come and washed up. Can you see? Church is not a place to be sat. It's not a place to just be fed. There are seasons where that is important and only that is important. Don't hear me wrong. But can I just say this? Jethro said to Moses, we need more people doing these things. And Moses did what Jethro said. We've got men's meal team. I didn't include that. Ian's issues I put here. I meant Ian's building issues. <laughs> but the, yeah, we sing the song, there's more to come and there's more to be done in this city. But if there's more to come and there's more to be done, guess what we need more of? Thank you. People. It's not a guilt trip, this. It's how Jethro said to Moses, we need more people. We need more people who are a family, yeah? We foster. And sometimes when the foster kids don't do the role they're supposed to do, it's really annoying and it stops everything else from happening. And it can be a simple thing. We're all adopted into God's family. So if you can serve in any way, don't sit and wait to be asked. Come and say, how? Say, I've only got this. I should have said, the weeding team. Faith comes faithfully. You don't know this. And I'm not doing this to make, you know, I'm sorry if this is giving away your giving. Faith comes faithfully and goes around this building and pulls the weeds out. Yeah? But you know what? If she missed it and you saw weeds, guess what we'd get? Oh, looks a bit tatty. There's no one pulling the weeds out. Not, I've seen some weeds. I'll go and sort it out. You know, it's great when people suggest things, but often they need to come with a thing of actually I'm willing to help. I've gone on longer than I thought I was, sorry, Marie. But who do we see as our Jethro? What character traits do they have? What character traits are in us? We are people who can be Jethro to others, generous and hospitable, trusting and supportive, wise counsel, sound advice. Jesus is prophesied as the wonderful counsellor. If you don't know Jesus this morning, the best advice I can give you is that he's wonderful, he's a counsellor, he's generous, he's supportive, he's encouraging, he's hospitable, and he gives his all for you and says, come to me. Are we letting our background hold us back? 
Moses could have said, I can't possibly come into your home. You, you knew me, I couldn't possibly be welcome. Jesus says, it doesn't matter. Your past doesn't matter to me. You can use that for good. What matters to me is your future. Jesus is yesterday, today, and forever. The choice is, do we run to him? Whatever you're fleeing from, do we run to him? But are we letting our backgrounds hold us back? Are we holding ourselves back? Are we allowing our character traits to stop us from stepping into the calling that God has ahead of us? Who's your Jethro? Can you see how much we can learn from a one-hit wonder? Better than a Chesney Hawks song, isn't it? This morning, who's your Jethro? Who are you Jethro to? Let's work, team, family, support, welcome, encourage, trust, share, love. Let's pray. Got to invite the band up. We're just going to finish with a couple of songs. The first one will be more reflective. Maybe as we sit, the prayer team will be at the back. If you want to go and pray with them, we're not going to sing for a long time. If you need to go, you need to go. Always happens when there's long notices and dedication. But this morning, maybe you've got something that's really burning away that you need to be involved in. Go and receive prayer. Maybe this morning you've sat and thought, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what I can give. Go and be prayed for. Go and ask God. Say, God, how can I be used? I don't know. But let's respond to him as we've heard his call. Thanks, Bill.